0: Welcome to the Recap Show. You are listening to the Club Dub Football Podcast. Welcome to the
1: Club Dub Football Podcast. Where the only question is,
2: does your team make it into the club? Can he get in? No, he cannot!
1: Welcome back gentlemen hey. Hey. hey 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 i'm walking here oh, i wonder if any of our listeners in america will um, find that offensive that was merely my impression of al pacino not a, a more general um but actually yeah the um the week where we can talk new york teams actually see so, yeah, maybe that new york impression is uh, more more fitting than i would have thought any, anyway how the devil are you both yeah good pumped after
0: another good week of nfl Uh, you
1: like the way i went from a new york impression to the most english turn of phrase yes how the devil are you both
0: tremendous old chap
1: how are you doing are you well (laughs) (laughs) always well oh there's a blast from the past yeah jb how are you
2: uh i'm i'm good i am in in i think rare spirits based on our pre-pod conversations put me in a very good mood Good, good. The uh, the fact that the pod will have a lot to live up to
1: based on uh, the general hilarity and uh, entirely unbroadcastable nature of our pre-pod uh, banter. There's, there you go. There's a high bar we've set ourselves.
2: It's It's amazing the joy that you can bring when someone comes from Birmingham well exactly
1: that exactly that a long story everyone in Listenland. um maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll relay that story in the off season maybe we'll do we like an her. after
0: dark special at some point yeah, indeed, indeed.
1: whenever i load our pod onto spotify and it said does your pod contain any offensive material or swearing and you're always tempted to just once go yes Yes, it does. But but no worry not, listeners. We're still in a very family-friendly mode and bringing us back full circle. Aldrin, you said you had enjoyed a wonderful week of the NFL in week 11.
0: Yeah, I don't know what it is, but the last few weeks seem to have just been last-minute drama in loads of games. And this week was kind of no exception. So,
1: yeah, yeah I That's like some...
0: being engaged till the end.
1: So yeah, it. utterly bonkers games. Um All kinds of talking points from your bog standard officials can't officiate right the way through to some really interesting debates about who is still alive and who can count their season done. I mean, I'm sure we'll get on to the misfortune facing Joe Burrow and of course his Cincinnati Bengals, who I think might have just seen their uh, ceiling this season uh, reduced drastically with his injury and a whole host of stuff to dig into. But I'm with you, Aldrin. If last week was a week full of shocks, this week kind of continued the trend, really. Some amazing stuff going on, literally edge-of-your-seat stuff that only the NFL can deliver, and particularly in a week where you didn't really look at the fixture list, you didn't look at the slate and look beyond really two or three games to think anything was going to be all that exciting. How foolish we were, how little did we know. So, um JB, what was your abiding memory of Week 11 in the NFL? Week 11 stood out to me. Because, end that
2: sentence, please. So, I, I might be revealing too much behind the curtain of when we are recording this, but it's it's the news that just come out that um, the Colts have released Darius Leonard. It oh, doesn't oh, thank make you for that excitement. Sorry, it's just it's he's one of the best linebackers in the league, and now he's just out on the street to, I'm assuming, end up at the Philadelphia Eagles contributing to winning a super bowl um right No, focus on the actual question um I, I think it was good good teams winning out in the end good teams finding a way to win um primarily looking at the at the lions um uh, looking at like the cowboys the eagles on monday night football it's 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 that kind of time where you know buys are happening players are coming back off of injured reserve that sort of went down early on the teams are starting to find their feet again and it's it's something that's always said isn't it like you know good teams find a way to win and ultimately the good teams found a way to win at the weekend and the bad teams lost yet again Well, I'm going
1: to be the reverse of your point in part. Um, As much as I agree with yours, I think you're right. As a few teams take shape, a few teams are unfortunately never going to find their way back, are they? I mean, I mentioned the Bengals and the injury to Joe Burrow. Um, The Jets, I mean, are having all this talk about Aaron Rodgers maybe being back week 15, week 16. But it, it now looks as if that will be, well, far too late. And then you've got other injuries like the Deshaun Watson injury in Cleveland. And whenever you get to this point of the season and there are multiple quarterbacks out and multiple star players who are going to be sitting out the rest of the year, it does make me think of all those roughing the passer calls and all those defenseless player calls that you might sit on a sofa and argue about on a Sunday. But ultimately, that's what they're there for. I think for huge numbers of NFL fans, if you follow any one of those franchises, you know, your enjoyment. And the competitiveness of your franchise has has been changed for potentially an entire season. And I think that's a pity. I think the Bengals were up and down, but interesting. I think the Browns still could be good because they rely so much on their defense, but certainly, you know, Deshaun Watson is a, a loss. And then, you know, with the Jets, I mean, I know they're going down to, you know, their third string quarterback is now going to be their starter in essence. But you do think about how different it could have been if we'd had Aaron Rodgers on the field. Um, I know not all of those injuries were, were significant hits and so on and so forth. But I just think those rules around protecting the player that seems so frustrating when you're watching games, um, you know, sometimes I do have to think back and think, you know, they're all for good reason. They're all for keeping an element of spectacle in this wonderful world of American football. Um, and Aldrin, your takeaway from week 11? Yeah, I think you guys have
0: covered it. But yeah, for me, just the last minute dramas and the <laughs> the, the never-ending, unbeatable spirit that the Lions show, I think, mm. just every week shines through because they were... Dead and buried in that game, and I know you're going to do like the roundup of the scores, but yeah, you know, um, <laughs> the Rob Rose kiss of death when you um, eschewed how great Jared Goff was last week, and then he threw three interceptions, was it on yeah Sunday? But then rallies doesn't get flustered, just leads the team down the field, finds his targets, and mm-hmm. ultimately they come out um, with the scoring a bit, and um, you know, to to spare. So. Yeah, it's that but those are the sorts of games that we've seen a lot these yeah. past weeks. Like I said, you know, it's it, team the amount of games that we've seen going into the two minute warning, you know, where you think, oh, they're done. There's yeah. no way they're coming back from this and yet still teams fight, teams find a way and it just doesn't seem to end. You know, Brown's yeah. similar. I mean, yeah, it was just um A lot of close games that kind of finish unexpectedly, I guess. So, yeah, that's my key takeaway is just the ridiculous, unpredictable nature that we keep seeming to find in the NFL this year.
1: Yeah. And I mean, none more so than when you look at players like Tommy DeVito, who a couple of weeks ago (laughs) looked... (laughs) you know, absolutely at sea on an NFL field and then leads his team to that type of victory. I mean, there are just always stories to be found, aren't there? And um, we can, you know, dig into them very shortly. Um, But as you say, let's uh, follow tradition. And before we go too much further, let's roll through the scores from last week. So if we go back the best part of a week to Thursday night football that will mean that I can talk about the Cincinnati Bengals losing a game as well as their quarterback as they go down to the Baltimore Ravens 34 points to 20. It was a little more straightforward in Dallas and the Cowboys are now back at seven and three and amongst the best in the league after a 33 point to 10 win over the Carolina Panthers. The Steelers and Browns, well, one of them had to win. And in a low-scoring affair, it ends up being the supreme defense of Cleveland that nudges past the supreme defense of Pittsburgh, 13 points to 10. We've talked about it already, and I'm sure we'll loop back to it shortly, but the Chicago Bears, with their starter reinstated, looked as if they may be running all over the Detroit Lions. Until they weren't. Detroit ended up winning one late, 31 points to 26 The Chargers are, yet again, season after season, the kings of one-score games. The only problem this year is they're on the losing end of far too many, losing to Green Bay of all teams, 23 points to 20. The Titans, well, showed late, but it feels like a while since we've seen a Tennessee team that was in a game, as they lost 34-14 to a Jacksonville Jaguars team who definitely needed a rebound after a bad defeat the week before. The Raiders held the Dolphins for a while, but not long enough as Miami moved to 7-3-2 with a 20 points to 13 victory over Las Vegas. And then another game we've already referenced on this pod already, DeVito leading New York to a massive 31 to 19 victory over the Washington Commanders that seems them sees them slipping from being maybe contenders to all of a sudden 4-7 and seven and only a game ahead of New York. The Buccaneers were good but no match for San Fran as the 49ers continue the good form they showed last week winning 27-14 with a statistically perfect rating for Brock Purdy then we get into some of the games that are a little more straightforward. The Bills, who needed a win, well, were fortunate to be playing the New York Jets, 32-6 is enough to see Zach Wilson benched for the next game. And the Rams were a team that I picked to win last week, and how stupid I felt when the Seahawks were racking up the points, only for LA to be one of the comeback kings of Week 11, winning 17 points to 16. The Vikings-Broncos was not only a narrow game, but also bizarre on Sunday Night Football. Denver relying on field goals until a fourth quarter drive to win the game with a brilliant throw from Wilson to Cortland Sutton to edge them past the feel-good Vikings, 21 points to 20. And then in the battle of the big hitters, the Eagles beat the Chiefs, 21 points to 17, with the Chiefs scoring no second-half points for the second time in the last three games. So there was your week 11 roundup. There is plenty to get into, but before we do gentlemen, we pause and take a moment to enjoy the toughest question in all of podcasting. The quiz feature you've all grown to love, so much so this week for the first time ever, it has its own jingle. Let's roll it for no Google or Noodle. It's no Google, all noodle. So your quiz question this week relates to scoring offenses and defenses. In history, only three teams have ever been the best scoring offense and defense in the same season for three seasons in a row that would be the cleveland browns 1953 to 55 the green bay packers did it in 60 to 62 and then again 62 64 and the dolphins not only the last team to have a perfect season but the last team to have the best scoring offense and defense between 72 and 74 until now Because in this current NFL, we have a team that have been the top scoring offense and defense in each of the last three seasons. My no Google all noodle question is, which of the NFL teams is it? So which NFL team? in the last three seasons, has had both the top-scoring offense and top-scoring defense. You know we'll be back for the answers later in the show, so you can all play along in Leicesterland. And I've even got a jingle for the answer as well. So be excited. Brace yourselves for that. Anyway, there's your quiz question out there. Something to keep you thinking. Aldrin, to you, please. And a game of the week in your mind for Week 11.
0: The Eagles-Chiefs game. I think is the one place for me to start purely for another of those two minute drill heart in your mouth moments. I I can't, the more I watch that Valdez scantling drop, the more I cannot fathom it because, you know, you mentioned they haven't scored um, a single point in what, in the last half in two out of three games. Yet, That is not Mahomes' fault. (laughs) That was... To get them to kind of midfield and then to drop back so he's throwing from his own 40 to find the end zone, to find Valdez Scantling open and free, and then for it to just go through his hands must be so gutting because, you know, what else can he do? You know, he, he finds the play, they dial it up, flings it to the end zone and then drops is the problem that you face and and to be honest it wasn't the only drop in that game where chiefs receivers kind of let him down but still it was the killer because with 1 on the clock they could they could have gone what three points up they would have gone up they were four behind weren't they so they would have gone three up and then at least force the Eagles to you know, try and make a field goal or something. But instead, they go to fourth down, they make an attempt, and it gets kind of batted away, and, and that becomes nothing. But that those kind of moments aside, it was such a good game, I thought. You know, I thought Kansas' run game looked pretty good. You know, Pacheco was agree. fierce, and they even got Edward Selaire kind of involved in fits and spurts. Yeah. um which we haven't really seen much of the last couple of years you know pacheco you've seen in odd games but obviously they they're always going to lean on the pass um and then the eagles were just exactly the eagles you've seen and you expect this year you know good not great offensively but defense kind of bend not break um yeah. they look a really good team just overall, you know, this is the sort of play that you expect from a team that's kind of just chugging towards the Super Bowl. And yeah. it does kind of feel like that. It, it feels like they're just plodding along. They're, they're one of these teams, and I think I have mentioned it before, but like this year, they almost go under the radar a little bit. They don't quite have the pomp and fanfare of, you know, maybe the Dolphins have had because that yeah. offense is so explosive and you see Tyreek Hill go for... 50 60 70 yards they've not really had that they're just efficient and pretty clinical but I think that plays in their favor you know as much what they're what nine and one now I think yeah. nine and one better than anybody else but they don't seem to have that same fanfare that some of those teams have around the, the kind of crazy excitement factor but they're just good on every kind of phase of the ball so Yeah, they're they're a team that has that kind of air of inevitability around them at the minute, I kind of feel like. Um, For the Chiefs, I mean, there's no great shame losing to the Eagles, having, you know, almost taken uh, a lead with a minute left on the clock or something like that. They could have easily taken that, and it could have been a very different story if that catch is made. So nothing, I think, too drastic. They need to clean up mistakes, a lot of mistakes, because when you watch that game, the amount of times like Chris Jones gets to Jalen Hurts, you know, that defense looks maybe stronger than it has in the past few years. You know, sometimes they build towards the playoffs, whereas actually I think defense has kind of come out this year looking strong, Yeah, but they do have to clean up those offensive mistakes because it's drops that are costing them. They can't always go to Kelsey, even though he's still as good as ever. And players like Valdez Gantlinger, you know wily enough and experienced enough that they should be reeling in those catches when they make those routes um but a really good game i thought really good
1: see my thing is a little bit like do you know what? a little bit like the 49ers a few weeks ago do you remember when they lost to the browns and we said look there's no need for them to panic they had injuries mm-hmm. and it came down to yeah. a field goal all they missed was a field goal it's kind of the same with the Chiefs that you know look there's no need to panic that they didn't score points in the second quarter because it's one guy one drop you know it's an individual error that can happen yeah unless they believe it you know unless it does derail them the way it did the 49ers because you know if we're sitting here talking about these things you wonder what they're talking about you wonder what's going on in their locker room and and you know that they need I think to get back on track certainly um, but I don't know. It's it's a little bit difficult. When you're not playing particularly well and winning, you might go a bit under the radar, say just like you were saying with the Eagles, but nobody's saying there's a problem. All of a sudden when you're playing the way the the Chiefs are – and you do lose a game and you do have a second half like that, all of a sudden there is a microscope. And I think it'll be down to Andy Reid to change enough but not too much, you know, to make the small adjustments but not lose that kind of overall kind of style of play and and kind of momentum they have. I mean, I don't think there's a problem in Kansas City, but I think it's right that people ask questions. I think it was, you know, enough of a drop off in production in the second half for people to maybe be a little bit concerned including players coaches themselves
2: i i think you've hit on kind of the the two major points with regards to both of these teams i think the kansas city offense is the biggest problem that it's got and it has been for consistency has been the issue for them all season it's, it's not just like Mark, Marcus Valdez scantling in the in the past week was uh, it was Kadarius Tony um, a few a few weeks uh, the first game of the season and a few weeks after. having reliable people who can catch the ball is a big thing for the chiefs outside of Travis Kelsey. Um, I can not remember if I made this point on the podcast before, but I think I've definitely made it to you, Rob, when we've been watching the games. The Chiefs are one of those teams that currently, to me, don't have what you would class as a traditional wide receiver one. They have a lot of people who are good for a certain role. They are looking to try and replace that Tyreek Hill skill set across multiple people which is a big problem in, in in multiple ways one you're trying to use a lot of people to replace one person which is never a good thing i don't think but two you can't replicate tyreek hill if, if you could every team would be doing it you know it's a copycat league you you do what the other teams do successfully um it, it's reminding me an awful lot of those kind of patriots era uh the brady patriots era of like You've got Brady to Gronk, and then after that, you've got an assortment of other people. Like yeah. Julian Edelman was fantastic in the role that the, in the roles that they played for him. That um, the catch in the comeback win against the Falcons that in that sense. Super Bowl is like you could you could have said a piece of paper underneath that thing, and he managed to keep it from touching the ground. But he wasn't a wide receiver one. He wasn't going to make big plays. He wasn't making consistent catches. He was the guy who knew where to be when you needed to be here. The Chiefs don't have anyone like that, again, outside of Taylor Swift's favourite footballer. And that's going to be an absolutely massive problem for them going forward because the offence isn't firing and there is only so much a defence can do before it starts to wear out. From an Eagles point of view, yeah, they feel like an incredibly under the radar sensation this season, which is really weird for, like you said, a nine and one team that are the best in the league. It, is it because they're not doing it flashy? They're not doing it fancy. It's very workmanlike in how they're doing everything. There's more conversation about the hashtag Tush Push um, than there is, I think, about anything else that the um, that the Eagles are doing. But then the Tush Push got what Jalen has two touchdowns on monday night still
1: short yardage playing football
2: yeah it's it's incredible to be looking at the eagles as a team that you have to say is the cert at the moment for the nfc championship at very least the nfc championship game and not have a level of hype like we had for them before
1: yeah yeah i would agree i mean your point on wide receivers in kansas city So, I mean, you can't really, I I mean, Pacheco as a running back can certainly catch the ball, but you're ultimately looking beyond Kelsey at Kadarius Toney, Rice, McCole Hardman, Sky Moore. And I mean, the weird thing about them is I, I get your point on, say, you know, the comparison to the Patriots and the comparison to Edelman and Amendola maybe, you know, those kind of pairings that Brady had. But the weird thing is that whereas I saw edelman and amandola as playmakers you list those wide receivers i've just list listed for kansas city and they've all got a drop in them you know mccall Harmon they can make great plays but I, i'm with you i mean I, i'm not sure they necessarily have what you need at wide receiver and i think even just adding one quality wide receiver absolutely elevates what i could see the chiefs being capable of that said you've just said the eagles are the favorites in the nfc i probably still just about have the chiefs favorites in the afc i mean who who's ahead of them i wouldn't put buffalo ahead of them you know maybe baltimore but but i mean i i think there's a, a lot of question marks over a lot of the big hitters actually afc side but um, but old john like your pick i think when you've got best on best conference versus conference that is always a good shout to be game of the week and it didn't disappoint the drama stakes either so jb week 11 where are you taking us to for your turn? um
2: lions are a good football team boys like the, the like legitimately it's not a case of the lions are the best team out of a bad collection in the nfc north the lions are just a good team and uh, we kind of talked about this kind of at the beginning a bit and you can tell by the fact that good teams come back and find a way to win. The uh, the bears looked good. Like the bears were leading that game at times, but the the tenacity of the lions especially overcoming wasn't it a couple of interceptions by uncharacteristic interceptions and bad plays by Jared Goff and still came back to win in the end of it. And it's those kind of plays that I think you have to be looking at the Lions as absolutely a playoff team, almost nailed on. But seriously, consideration for are the Lions finally going to win a playoff game? Is it finally going to happen? It's the most likely it's been, at least in my, what, 10, 11 years watching the NFL. So you you have to give Dan Campbell props. You have to put him in the consideration for – coach of the year Agreed. for the job that he has done since he was hired like we t- we've talked about this before what felt like a completely off the wall hiring absolutely looks like it's panning off and panning out and paying off that's the sentence right now because they're, they're they're flying like they've got their traditional thanksgiving game coming up and you've got to think that uh what Ford field is going to be absolutely jumping mm. because people are going to watch a good team.
1: Yeah, I'll agree on all of it. I think the the big thing, as much as you're right that, you know, Jared Goff overcame adversity and, and picks, I actually think the biggest thing was that defence. Because to start with, they were in this horrible position where they were terrified of Justin Fields running the ball and didn't seem to have an answer and then seemed to overcommit to Justin Fields running the ball and left a lot of spaces. And the thing about, their comeback is there were as many adjustments as there were improvements. You know, it was coaches and players being able to find a way not only to overcome adversity, but actually to play better in situational football. And You know, Fields had done a very good job against them in previous meetings, and you could see that there was certainly a little bit of nervousness around how they were going to stop him running. And look, any team where you've got to spy the quarterback, and then even when you do put a spy on them, is the kind of guy who can turn on the burners and, and leave that guy for dead. I mean, of course they're going to cause mismatches, but I like the way the Lions improved as much as, you know, the Lions' spirit. Like you say, good teams find a way to win. That's why we've got a few question marks over the Chiefs that's why we feel good about the lions only just scraping past a pretty ordinary bears team right
0: yeah i mean the only extra comment for me is two or three years ago that would have been a comfortable win for the Bra- uh, for the for the bears you know the the lions would have gone down that would have been the end of the game and their fighting spirit and their no-quit attitude as a result of you know dan campbell and the way he leads that team and you know ultimately Jared Goff as well is just a complete turnaround for that franchise and they they just don't know when they're beaten and they've got good players now you know the um, Williams at receiver along with Amon Ra sent Brown and others they're you know they're more than capable and they put them they can put themselves in positions to win so um yeah I just think that spirit and that that no-quit attitude is really something to behold because two or three years ago, that Lions team would have gone under and that's not who they are now.
1: Yeah, agreed. Another good shout for Game of the Week. And I'm going to round out our Game of the Week um, picks with, I don't know, a something and nothing game. And I wonder if this is a team that's under the radar. So I've been pretty down this season at times on the Baltimore Ravens. Um, A few reasons. One of them is I feel that when they have got into leading positions, they have not always found ways to kill games off and they have not looked as good a team in the second half as they have in the first half of a number of games, even if they have just managed to squeak over the line from time to time. But all of a sudden, there is no denying that at eight and three and with the kind of offense they have and the kind of discipline and and the ability to turn over the ball, actually, most importantly, on D now – Um, are the Ravens right up there and maybe even the favorites in the AFC? I mean, one of the things coming back to the, you know, the microcosm of my point with this game with the Bengals, I think with Joe Burrow being out for the rest of the season. Now, it probably removes Cincinnati from the conversation and you start to look and think, well, you've got the bills are a bit up and down. The Jags, who are not up and down, but were certainly made to look very, very ordinary by the 49ers. I mean, I think they they bounced back well this, this week, but it'll be interesting to see how they go over the next couple. And then, I don't know, I mean, for me, are the Ravens the... I don't know, it's odd because I, I'm almost hesitant saying that Baltimore are the best team in the AFC, but then the more I think who is better... I mean, a team might have looked good for a quarter or two, but even the Dolphins at the weekend, you know, yes, they won against Las Vegas. But was it enough to show us that they can really be a contender? They still haven't really beaten a good team in my eyes to put them in the mix. So putting up 34 points against the Bengals, I think, is a big deal. Winning the way they did. The fact Lamar Jackson is throw first and has great receiver talent to throw to. The fact that Flowers and Odell Beckham Jr. and others are really starting to look like a powerful punch on offense. The only thing I think is a bit of a worry. We talked about Kelsey um, being big for Kansas City. I think that Andrews was big for Baltimore. So not having him at tight end for the rest of the year probably puts a little bit of a question mark against what I think they're capable of. But yeah, I pick out that game because I, you know, I'm going to do it. I think the Baltimore Ravens are the favorites in the AFC now. And with what they've shown could cause any team problems if they find their way all the way to a Super Bowl.
0: I'm going to let JB talk about this. You know, he's a big fan of the Ravens.
1: Huge fan. Go on, JB. I think you're right. right. It's a weird one, isn't it? Because you stop and think who's better. And (laughs) as flawed as the Ravens are, I mean you could pick holes in every everybody else. I mean we've just picked the holes in the Chiefs. They're small holes, but we found some. They've got to be, haven't they?
2: I I disagree with your with your assessment of the Ravens air attack. Um because again what we have seen in multiple games this season is the Ravens start really really well, really really hot and then fade away in the in the second half. And a lot of that is down to the air game. And a lot of that, in my opinion, comes down to the fact that I think Lamar Jackson is much more comfortable following a game plan. When, you know, the coaches talk about this all the time. They will script the first X number of plays. And that's when the Ravens really, really thrive. But when they seem to fall away is when they have to make adjustments at halftime based on what the defense is. And I think that's where Lamar Jackson is starting to struggle. You can make an argument for the fact that, okay, Lamar Jackson is very one note in that he's going to get the ball. and He's going to look to run all the time because nine times out of 10, that is what he's looking to do. He's improving on that, but it is still very much a he is a run. They are a run first team. He is a run first quarterback. However, he is not one note and it's not a one dimensional thing, because if it was, it wouldn't be as successful for the Ravens as it has been for lamar jackson's time as their starting quarterback there are only so many times you can point to someone not being a proper quarterback oh he's just a he's a running back who throws the ball all that kind of stuff is all is all narratively false is factually false statistically false because the ravens wouldn't have this amount of success if that was true ultimately he is A unique quarterback the likes of which we haven't seen before we've seen michael vick we've seen cam newton robert griffin iii we've seen like russell wilson to a degree we haven't seen someone like lamar jackson with this longevity as well someone who runs as frequently as he does but still seems to survive and keep going and keep going is incredibly versatile incredibly new and I think we've moved away from when a defense is going to work him out, when a defensive coordinator is going to work out how to solve him to, I think we just have to accept that this is life when you go up against the Ravens. Now there you go. That is the most what unbiased. Analytical thing I think I've ever put into this.
0: I will give you that. Um, Only thing I would say on it is this year, I think part of the problem with the, Ravens is that they're not running Lamar enough because I don't necessarily think he's run first this year I think they're holding him back a bit um, and he's looking to pass more and that's part of the problem because then he doesn't feel as free and I think that's by design because I think what they want is they want Lamar in the playoffs not Lamar being amazing in November Mm -hmm. Um, so that would be my only thing because I do feel like this year it's felt like he has been much more pass heavy than go and do your own thing. And I think that's where he struggles is doing all of the passing and not being allowed to be quite as open and free as maybe a fields or somebody like that. Um, But I don't think it's a problem. I think honestly, I think they're so good this year. I think it was good to see OBJ get really involved at the weekend. And I think, you know, he talked in his presser about, he actually finally feels 100% healthy. And yeah. it kind of showed, you know, him, Zay Flowers, I think that run game's so good, not just Lamar, but even like Keita Mitchell, you know, when he yeah. gets the ball, he's electric. And then you've got Gus Edwards to just barrel in touchdowns. Drop um, power back, yeah. And then, well, I mean, on defense, Patrick Queen and other just so good. All over the field, they're just so dominant. So, um, yeah, I think it's difficult to say that anybody's better in in that division.
1: So let me give you the stats that kind of speak to both of your points. So, so far in 2023, um, Lamar Jackson has thrown for 2,441 yards, right? So he's on pace for just under 5,000 yards. His highest ever yards in a passing season was in 2019 when he threw 3,127. So, I mean, he's likely to, you know, add 30 40% more in terms of passing production this year if he keeps on at this track. Now, his yards rushed is down, but just to give you an idea, he's currently on 535. um, And again, you'd have to go back to 2019 for when he ran more. 1,200 in 2019, 1,000 in 2020. 2021 700 and so on so you have seen a bit of a decline in terms of overall production although injuries have played a part in that haven't haven't they at certain points later in the season he wasn't healthy enough to run but yeah I mean there's still a reasonable amount of balance I mean 535 still puts him right at the top of yards achieved rushing by a quarterback but yeah those 3000 pass yards and not many interceptions either you know it's it's a weird one because for as good as they've been in their eight and three i come back to something you just said oldram maybe we'll get to the playoffs and they'll change it back again and they'll completely let him loose knowing that look we've made it now you know now we're in you know a, a a kind of playoff situation with a healthy healthy lamar jackson let's absolutely go crazy but you know to be I don't know, is it weird to say the underwhelming teams are currently looking the most complete teams? Because the Baltimore Ravens, like the Eagles, haven't splashed, like, say, the 49ers and the Dolphins. But here they are, you know, atop of the standings. So, yeah, I'm very proud of you, JB. I thought that was very balanced. Um, just, just a real step forward. Uh, I feel like there should be a sticker or a certificate we hand out at this point.
0: Uh, no, that's all right. We'll get him I a jersey. Think.
1: I know he's keen we'll, for we'll jersey. jersey. So Christmas is he coming. Needs, up. It's it's a white Ray Lewis one he wants, isn't it? I'm sure it's. I'm sure I've heard him. Yeah, I think now. it comes any, with matching any, gloves. Yeah, yeah, so, I think,
2: uh, yeah. I think that would be an absolutely killer outfit.
1: Nice, nice. So there's our roundup of um, of all things week eleven which means we just have the um, rather wonderful AOB section of the pod to come back to. Um, Two bits of AOB, notably. Uh, We're going to get to our Pick'em selections, which, remember, everybody, you can follow and play along with um, if you want to follow us on our various social channels. But before we even get there, it's the answer to the toughest quiz question in all of podcasting. We're back to no Google, all Noodle. Nice. For this week's quiz question, I said to you that there have only been three other teams in NFL history who have been able to have a run of three seasons where they were both the leading scorers in offensively and defensively in the league. So we talked about the most recent of those was the 70s Dolphins. I wanted to know which current NFL team is currently on a three-season streak of their own. So in the last three seasons, they've led offensive and defensive scoring. Give us that team, please. Aldrin.
0: Oh, I don't know. The team I'm going to go for is the Dallas Cowboys.
1: That's the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. The- I'm,
0: I'm in no way confident in it.
1: But so you you're go. in no way confident, but have gone for the Dallas Cowboys. A team much maligned by Aldrin on this podcast, I should mention, but he's got them being the leading scoring offense and defense in the last three years.
2: JB, your guest, please. So I, I was preparing a secondary answer because I expected Aldrin to go with what my first answer was, because that's how this oh. usually works. Oh. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with my first answer, the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. Now, I'm going to stay with you, JB, because through
1: round one, neither of you are correct.
2: Okay. Yeah. So
1: your backing like- answer, JB. Okay. What? The Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills. Is,
0: you can't see it because it's written on a very scribbly piece of paper, but I wrote Cowboys or Niners. Cowboys or Niners. Boys.
1: Well, from two rounds, we do have a winner. The team who are currently on a three-season streak, being the leading scorers both offensively and defensively, are the Buffalo Bills. And well painfully for Buffalo Bills fans, the stats I just gave you about leading offense and defense, they're the only team who have that stat to have not won a championship. But then the Buffalo Bills pretty much own every stat where it's best team to have never won a championship, as many Buffalo fans will be painfully aware of. But nice work, uh, JB, a second-round win for you in No Google, All Noodle. Um, And I'm handing over to you for the second piece of AOB. Tell everybody how we did in our pickums, please.
2: So obviously we need to address some business from last week because obviously we had a megapod and as a result of that megapod, we neglected to cover the club dub totalizer for last week either. However, it doesn't matter because the same Victor last week and this week, this week scores, because obviously we'll deal with recency bias. Nice. There were only three scores to choose from three of us went nine and five and one of us went 10 and four and the three of us that went nine and five were the pod father himself the host with the most Rob Rose um international uh club dub international representative PB and me nickname pending and uh, which meant that Aldrin cleaned up with a 10 and four this week and an 11 and three uh last week wow in a week full of shocks, to be at eleven and three and ten and four, hats
1: off, Aldrin. Hats off. So you know what?
0: And Valdo Scanlon dropping that pass, it would have been two 11s that I picked, but nonetheless, wow. never mind.
1: Wow. So I've been miles off, and I still only have what one win for the whole season in so, week eleven.
2: Rob, on, what does so, it do to the league table? Right. Standings currently. PB, five wins. JB, four wins. Aldrin three wins rob rose two wins it's still all to play for but i can happily for club dub historians out there that the, for the first time since the 2021 season we have all managed to make it two wins good job everyone
1: nice Just great normally, success normally yeah. me struggling away so nice. we feel like nice. the jets or yeah.
0: the Chargers, don't we it's like
2: <laughs> <laughs> perennial basement dweller over here i somewhere. can't believe we we nearly made it to the through this entire podcast without mentioning brandon staley's post game interview when someone asked him about the defense like that's that's a guy who's getting like he's getting sacked like at some point but like, he's not <laughs> <make>, he's <laughs> not making until the end of the season
1: Really? You have him going before the end? Uh,
2: give, given the way that he snapped really aggressively at a reporter for asking a genuine question, yes, I have a feeling the next opportunity the uh, Chargers organisation get, they're going to bin him off. But maybe maybe I'm just in a, in a mood for firings, given that the Steelers finally decided to move on from Matt Canada today. Blame Canada. I yeah. mean, I will blame Canada. It was all his fault. Well, I mean, I'm, uh,
0: Yeah, it's definitely not that quarterback that just throws to nobody and can't
2: orchestrate I mean the dude, effects, yeah. dude's gotten got through it with a rib injury. Let's 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 be fair to him. But also, yeah, I mean, but he's still got eyes. This was a point that I, this was a point someone made on Twitter that I absolutely agree with. We wrote off Josh Allen. People wrote off Jalen Hurts. People said C.J. Stroud wasn't smart enough to lead an NFL offense. I'll give like, uh, I'll I'll give Kenny Pickett. And another season no, I'll give him a chance sorry
0: but no at least all of those flashed intrigue and talent I've yet to see anything from Kenny Pickett sorry JP the hometown hero sucks
1: The hometown. well yeah he's got that in his favor is hasn't he the hometown hero but yeah I, yeah I mean I'm more than happy with another year of Kenny Pickett that means there are 31 teams who might win a Super Bowl so yeah I'm, I'm happy as a Cardinals fan to just knock them off one by one like really bad NFL guess who So, yeah, next season the Steelers aren't going to win a Super Bowl and neither are the New York Giants. There you go. Cardinals fans were in the running. Um, Gentlemen, it was stellar. It was, guess what? Gold Standard Podcasting. Why would it be anything else? Thank you for your company. And I'll get back together with you all. Wait for this, everyone in Listenland. This is a bombshell. Tomorrow, as we need to be ahead of the curve for Thanksgiving with our picking oh, show. Oh, sheesh. Yeah. 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 Um, 24 Check hours out. time, gents. Let's get back together and do it all again. Cannot wait.
0: I'll get the turkey on.
1: Let's go. This is amazing.
0: Ooh. Remember. Subscribe. And be cool. Tell your friends.